Today's episode is sponsored by Root, Restoring Our Own Through Transformation. Root is a collective of concerned Black families, community members, advocates, and interdisciplinary professionals dedicated to decreasing Black maternal and infant mortality in Ohio. Root's mission is to comprehensively restore our collective well-being through collaboration, resource allocation, research, and re-empowerment in order to meet the needs of Black parents and families. If you and your family are planning, pregnant, or in your postpartum period, please reach out to Root at www.rootrj.org. Financial assistance is available. You can also connect with Root at 614-398-1766 or email them at general-info at rootrj.org. Welcome to Birth Stories in Color, a podcast creating community for people of color to share and learn from birth stories of all types. We're your hosts, Laurel Gurrier and Danielle Jackson. Today's episode features Gianni and Ron, a blended family, sharing the births of their two daughters that they share together. Lessons from both taught them how to communicate, be vulnerable, and create a story of their own. We are grateful to hear their truth today. Can you start by telling us a little bit about yourself and your family? Okay, well, my name is Gianni. And I'm Ron. Yep, yeah, it's my husband, Ron. Uh, we've been married for about two and a half years now. Uh, it'll be three years come March. Um, and then we are a blended family. We have four kids total. Uh, we have an 11-year-old. His name is Elijah. Uh, we have Jalea, who is just turned 10. And then together we have Elea, also known as Ellie. She turned two back in July. And then we had Jolie in July as well. So she's about three months. Well, first, uh, can you tell us a little bit about your pregnancies? Um, the first one, or I'll say not the first one, the first one with us together, um, it was overall it was good, but it was kind of rocky. Um, I do have a history of preterm labor. And then I had also experienced uh, pregnancy loss prior to her. Um, so with that pregnancy, um, we had to be proactive with treatment. And I ended up receiving um, progesterone injections every week. Um, I started that early on. Um, I think she was starting to show signs that she wanted to come early then too. And so they started to do that, um, which I hated those. I hated them so bad. They hurt so bad. Um, I had to do those weekly. Um, and the same thing for Jolie too. I had to do progesterone early on. I did the suppositories then. Um, but they were just eventful. It was like, if it wasn't morning sickness or all day sickness, it was, oh, I think I'm going into labor. <laughs> it's like, which, which one is it? Um, it was, it was kind of, I don't want to call it worrisome, but it's like, when you go through having pregnancy loss, it's like every little thing, it makes you just want to like, uh oh, you know, is this going to be it? or, you know, will we make it through, things like that. But all in all, um, it, was, it was pretty good. We just had to do a little more than usual. But we ended up having successful pregnancies. So, yeah. And Ron, during that time, what was it like for you from your perspective? Uh, for me, it was just more so making sure my wife was all right. Uh, a lot of times for us men, it's, we get focused on focus on finances and um, supporting, but kind of with 
pregnancy is a lot of things that come with that morning sickness body changes understand the hormones uh, I so my first child I really didn't understand any of that so we're just going through the motions so this the second time around was more so learning that and learning about postpartum and just being able to guide and be a be a pillar for my life or so so she could have that support knowing that whatever she goes through or whatever she experienced, she has somebody there to support her as well. Hold on, let me add pregnancy for him too, was um, I'm sleepy and I want snacks too. He always so, <laughs> he kept saying. I sleep too. <laughs> he kept saying, I don't understand. Men, men have symptoms too. And I'm like, yeah, tell me about it. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, so that was pregnancy for him too. <laughs> what do they call them like sympathetic symptoms? sympathy yes. Yes. <laughs> he said it's legit win. it's legit right yeah that's why we gain all this weight man we're still trying to lose it that box <laughs> we every time together. he would say it i would just run my eyes like okay yeah this is going somewhere <laughs> mm-hmm we understand. We get it. We got you. We got you, Rob. <laughs> right. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> studies on it too. So <laughs> he said, "Get he the says, data, evidence based." <laughs> right. Yeah, I like to read my research. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what did you do to prepare for birth? And was this something like you were thinking about throughout your pregnancy? Um, first and foremost, I got me a doula. <laughs> okay, let me just put the plug in there. Um, no, honestly, um, since I had my first son so young, I was 18 when I had him. I was inexperienced, you know, I was really just thrown into it. I didn't know what I want, I just knew I was having a kid. Um, so with again, with me having endometriosis and then having the loss, I just knew that I wanted to have a support system that would advocate for me in the time that if anything went wrong, you know, I couldn't advocate for myself. Um, So I just did my research on what organizations were out there. Yeah, I got connected with Root. Um, And that was just really, that was the first step. Um, And as far as other preparations, it was just, for me, it was really just taking it day by day um, with not knowing what could come. It was just, like I said, taking it day by day. And I knew I wanted to breastfeed. So I got all of my information on that um, as far as like cluster feedings, um, pumping schedules. Uh, I do work. So um, thinking about what my schedule would be like when I did go back to work, how I would navigate doing my clients and pumping in between. Um, So it was just really just gaining knowledge, doing research more so. Um, That's kind of how I prepped myself. And did you get, did you have a doula for both of your um, yep. pregnancies? I sure did. Yeah. I came right on back. Y'all were the, y'all were the first call I made. Like, oh, I'm back again. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I just like to point that out because, you know, I think sometimes when people have multiples, they're like, oh, we did it. We're fine. But that it's still available. It's still support that can be really beneficial, even if you've done it once with a doula and you really liked your care, that having it that second time, there's still more to learn, 
each yeah. birth, each each pregnancy has its own yeah, its own life. They were different. Um, I mean, and also too, no shade to the man folk. Like they just sit back and they take it easy. And it's like it's like, are you okay? Are you are you all right? You I'm know, about taking it easy. I mean, in comparison, it's kind of easy. Listen, honey, you were whole snoring. Okay. What? <laughs> let's not let's not go there we're not gonna talk about that um but no I think um going through it the first time and just seeing how it was a support not only for me but for if he needed to take a breath a rest from helping me out somebody else could step in and we can continue you know the momentum um so absolutely I, I tell everybody I don't care how many times you get pregnant or how many babies you have have you a doula for sure yeah yeah Yes, it's always important to have additional care in the space for both the birthing person and for the baby. Um, mm-hmm. It's just, you know, one person can tend to, you know, the birthing person, somebody else can be there with the baby, different things. You never know what comes up, right? Yep. Walk us through your actual births. Where do so, you begin? <laughs> right. So starting with Ellie, that was 2019. Um, I had got steroid injections, um, for her because she had tried to come, I want to say it was maybe like three weeks prior. Um, so I was kind of like thinking she would come anytime now. Um, I was about three centimeters dilated for about three weeks anyway. So it was like, she could just go ahead and come. Um, but that morning it was a Sunday was it a, yeah, it was a Sunday morning. Um, I called Laura like, hey, um, I'm in pain. And this is not the ordinary pain that I've been feeling. This feels different. Um, and she was, you know, you know, just count your contractions, uh, time them and get back with me, try to rest. And I'm like, okay, girl, I'll try. Um, so I did, I laid down for a little minute and then I've, about noon, one o'clock, um, I felt a pop in my stomach and I'm like yeah this is it it's go time and I'm like yeah I gotta pee but it's not stopping <laughs> so I knew it was my water and I called my husband up and he was like is this for real this time because <laughs> we did go to the hospital what two weeks prior to that and I thought my water had broke like 10 no by the time I thought my water broke but it wasn't water it was a little leakage <laughs> <laughs> that's what it was um so he was like are you for real this time I'm like yes this is for real um so it happened really quick though so my water broke around noon one o'clock we got to the hospital and once we got checked in it just it progressed from there um and luckily I didn't have any complications uh pushing was a breeze and yeah you didn't have to push yeah, she kind of did come flying out. <laughs> she came, she came out pretty quick. Um, but it was smooth. It was, it was smooth. Um, I had to set a goal out to go unmedicated, and we made it through. That's another story, <laughs> but we made it through. Um, and just overall, I just felt better in comparison to having my son and having you know all the medicine and epidurals and things like that. Um, just the recovery process just felt completely different and felt much better. Um, yeah. And then with Jolie, I did get induced due to malpreeclampsia. Um, and that Pitocin literally had me hanging from the shower rod. 
because I was in so much pain. You're going to ask Faith about it. Um, it just, that type of pain was just completely, it was a different level of pain. Um, but I went unmedicated then too. I made it through on that one. Um, and labor went fast with that as well. They started me about one o'clock and I had her at about 7.45. You missed the whole dynamic part of it. Oh, uh, my husband was in the hospital. He got admitted into the hospital the night before I went night into before. labor with Jolie this past July. Um, he's okay. Um, but they were trying to send me up to labor and delivery that night from the ER. And I was like, no, like, because I know if I go up there, they're going to keep me. I need to know what's going on with my husband. We have kids at home. I had my appointment the next morning. Anyway, I'm like, let me go home and rest and I'll go to my appointment. Um, but I went to the appointment the next day and I had protein in my urine. <clears throat> Excuse me. So they ended up keeping me. Um, but just as they started me and my water broke, he got released and was able to come with me during labor. So it worked out. Yeah, it was kind of scary because it's like, wow, what's like all this is happening at once. I guess since it's the last kid, she had to go out with a bang. We had to have a big old, you know, hoorah. Um, but that was like the eventful part of it. Luckily, we were all able to be together. Um, but outside of being induced with her, everything was smooth. Yeah, it was pretty good. Was there anything that was unexpected to you about your experience with your root doulas and what you had researched and knew about doulas and what you may have heard about them and what actually happened during your working with them? Um, I think what was unexpected is kind of like, I'll say this time around, my doula has kind of become my friend. <laughs> like we meet up and we have lunch together. Like I know it's like our postpartum check-ins, but I feel like it's like my homegirl. I didn't expect that. I knew I would have, um, you know, have the support during the process, but the aftercare um, was different. I didn't expect that. I didn't expect to make the connection outside of having my babies. Um, and then too, I just knew, you know, they would be there to support me through this, but then they also offered a whole nother community. Um, cause even with, um, black, the uh, black, what is it? Lactating, um, group, um, we've met up and then outings, um, before then, before COVID of course. Um, but it just opened me up to a new community that I wasn't expecting to, you know, to meet. And I tell you, but like, y'all can't get rid of us. So no she really really yeah. try <laughs> especially miss jessica listen she is not playing she didn't listen that's mama jessica for sure she checks in <laughs> yeah she checks in y'all will randomly get a text like everybody she's just wondering how you doing it's been yeah. a couple of days we haven't heard <laughs> yeah for sure <sighs> so ron um kind of walk us through I mean, I know, yes, everything um, you were, you were there. We heard what Gianni had to say, but like walk us through your experience that those with those births. Um, anything different or anything? I know you like you told her the second time you missed the most dynamic part, but things that came up for you <laughs> during the birth. <laughs> nah, um, I said this time around with just being more um, knowledgeable, um, understanding and communicating. Um, like I said, the first time around was just going through the motions. And um, this time, 
for Joe, for Ilea, it was just, like I said, being a support system, um, being able to be there um, and still try to balance. I think the different thing for me and this whole experience is just finding the balance of work-life relationship as far as just my wife, um, my kids, and just more so just finding that personal space for me. And um, you, for men, you try to be that, that strong founder for everybody, but sometimes it really takes a toll on you. So it's just really um, reaching out and just for this time I see for my experiences was um, I had a lot more men around me that would support. And it would just finding those group of men and communicating and being vulnerable in those moments. Cause a lot of times as far as men, we're just so, so closed off where we don't communicate or we just keep it going to where it just bottles up and we just get angry and we just don't communicate. And then sometimes we leave um, more. So I think I learned that being able to be vulnerable and understanding that you're not the only one going through this. There's a lot of men that's probably experiencing this and those communications and those talks actually give you tools in the moments of hardship, especially with trying, like I said, find a balance. Your wife wants you to be there, but for as men, you want you're pulled in maybe 10 to 15 different directions. So it's hard to find that balance. Um, but I say once we did, like, I said, like she said, reached out the root, that gave another support for her so ultimately gave it made it kind of easier for me to kind of gauge with her having somebody to support her and understand what she was going through because like I said men we go through the motions of the sickness and whatever but we don't really understand what's going on and a lot of times women don't communicate with the men neither they just say oh it's fine it's fine and then you see it in their face and you see it in their whole energy and their body language that ain't nothing fine about what they're going through. And then that's when the irritation starts, the, the not communicating things, and just really it pulls you in two different two different directions, you know. But she wants you to understand this. And it's like, for as men, it's like outside of our psyche to really understand the changes that a woman's body is going through, unless we actually sit around women to actually communicate. And for me, it was more so learning, like, especially with Ruth, you guys were more so engaged with the whole experience. So the question asking, the questions I needed to answer, you guys answered for me, like I said, to gain another tool to support her through whatever she was going through. And I think Joe, though, it was, it was kind of rough because when we found out that she was pregnant, my brother had just lost his baby. They went through the full term experience of being pregnant, but when it came time for birth, she was birthed to stillborn. So when she said she was pregnant, it was just kind of hard because it was like, we're just in the space. We just had a baby. We we're still trying to understand that and still try to balance. Hey, where do we go? Is this ultimately something we want to go forth with keeping, or are we still trying to get back into our lives as far as her trying to adjust to get back to work, get back to school, get back into all our regular routines. 
But in that moment, it just, it was hard to make that decision to get, not keep the baby because we had just experienced somebody not having that opportunity to make that decision on keeping it or rather, you know what I'm saying, going forth with it. So I felt like ultimately it was something we, we should have done to, it was God's calling, you know. Sometimes you can't ignore that, that things happen for a reason. And understanding those reasons later down the line it explains a lot that we went through two pregnancies in the course of what two years and what we like we knew before is gone but the balance we have now is totally worth it now ron you mentioned the effects of making a decision to keep the pregnancy and move forward and so much of what you said had to do with gianni and I appreciate that. I appreciate the statement of just the, the, the acknowledgement of how much a woman's life changes um, when they choose to move forward with pregnancy um, and what gets put on a back burner or what shifts in their head like, well, this was a dream. This was a thing I wanted. Is it still a, a dream later? Right. Is this something I do get to pick back up later or is this done? Right. And that's hard. That's hard. It is. I didn't know he was going to bring that up. Uh, I kind of had shoved that into the back of my mind a little bit because we did. I had just moved into a new salon space. So it's like new salon owner. Like, you know, I got to think about maternity leave. <laughs> like, what? Hold on, wait a minute. And what? I'm still, and I was still breastfeeding. I'm like nursing two babies at one time. Like, no, this is too much. Like, what? Um, but yeah, we did. We contemplated. We had a conversation about it. It was around Thanksgiving or Christmas. Thanksgiving it was Thanksgiving um and it was just like do we really want to do this and he was like we'll take the weekend to think about it you know it's the holiday weekend um and then we'll circle back around to it and just throughout that weekend it was just placed in my heart like you are given another opportunity to bring life into the world especially after having losses you know, you've prayed for things like this and you have a good support system this time around, you know, just bring this baby on in. This is yours. <laughs> this is yours. And so when I look at her now every day, it's like God knew what I needed. He knew what we needed. It does. It, it balances ours. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad we made the decision together um, to go ahead and go through with it. Cause yeah, that's my baby. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm also appreciative, Ron, of just like you being vulnerable about the need to be vulnerable, right? Um, And being able to reach back out to other men about like, how do I find balance amongst all of this so that I can actually be supportive for my family fully and myself? I mean, it's a huge transition for the whole family when you expand (laughs) your family. Especially Um, for men because we don't have those spaces. Um, Right, right. If you don't communicate and like, like I said, I believe in energy and good timing because um, ultimately God put those people in my life to communicate certain things. It might not have been the best information, but I think all communication, you can learn whether good or bad. And I think ultimately that helped, um, like I said, with being vulnerable, being able to open up to strangers. Like I was in rooms because I came across one of the groups here is the African-American African American wellness group here in Columbus. And 
it was kind of scary. You know what I'm saying? You're going into an environment where you don't know nobody. Nobody knows you. And having the courage to go um, really set that apart because being in that space, it gave me the opportunity to open up and neglect with men from all walks of life, whether old, young, middle-aged, rich, poor, to say that whatever we are outside of this room really doesn't matter. What really matters is the communication and the tools we learn and we give each other today. Love it. I love all of it. Yes. Um, tell us how postpartum was for you with the girls. It was up and down, if I'm being honest. Um, I think what hit me is getting back into the swing of having small children. Um, Elijah at the time where Ellie was nine. So he was pretty self-sufficient, you know. Uh, we were going into adulthood. Um, uh, so it was just really getting back into the swing of that. Um, and with him, I did not breastfeed either. Well, I breastfed a little bit because he was uh, through, no, he was seven weeks early. So he was in the hospital. So I did a little bit of pumping then uh, to help him out. But with Ellie, I was just like exclusively breastfeeding. and just the demand of that and not really knowing really um, took a toll. And it was oftentimes I would tell my husband, like, I'm feeling touched out. Like, don't touch me, please. Like, and I know it was kind of hard for him to, in the, in my mind, it's like the intimacy level, um, the connection, um, aside from the actual physical act of having sex, it's like I struggled with that because your body goes through so much changes. Again, you feeling touched out, but it's like on the opposite end, you know that you got to keep your intimacy level, you know, up, but then you want your partner to be understanding. And then you think about, um, for me, it was being self-employed, like, okay, I'm ready to get back to work now. It's, it's so many things just as a mom, as a parent, you think about, but then all while you're just trying to rest your mind and rest your body in between your baby being up and nursing. So the mix of all of that, and then also still wanting to be connected with my older child to our older children, making sure they're, they're still feeling, you know, the connection from us. Um, it was a lot. And I did not know how to communicate that to him. I think that's one of the things we were newlyweds and having a baby at the same time. So although him and I have been friends prior to getting married for what, 15 years, uh, about 17 now, but prior then it was about 15 years we had been friends and we were stepping into something completely new. We were learning new things about each other as well. So just all of that was just like amazing pot. Yeah, it was it was an amazing pot of so many emotions, and I struggled with being vulnerable. I did. Um, I'm I'm a cancer, and just by nature, I just go into my shell whenever I'm feeling overwhelmed. Um, so I had to learn how to communicate, even if it was simply just saying like, I don't know what it is that I'm feeling. I'm just, I'm just feeling off right now. Like, and 
he was really good with extending a lot of grace and compassion to me as my husband during that time. Um, and he would have to be the one to come to me and say, I looked this up and I found X, Y, and Z. So he really did. He, Ron helped me out a lot. He, he did. I just, I just went to my corner and then he was the one to kind of like help pull me out. And then I had to really just be proactive with my own mental health during that moment and say, okay, it's time to get it together. Um, because eventually, you know, it, it takes a toll on everything around you. Um, I eventually came out of it. <laughs> I, I did. But then with Jolie, it kind of crept back up again because now we have the two older kids and then we have a two-year-old. So how I was kind of able to rest a little bit with having Ellie, I wasn't able to rest like that with Jolie because Ellie is ready to get up and have a party. <laughs> when mom just wants to lay down for a minute, we had just moved. Um, Ron had went back to work and it was just like, what is going on? Like, y'all, sis is tired. <laughs> I'm tired. So I had to communicate to him, like, you know, yeah, it was summertime. We had all the kids. So they want to get out. They want to play, do X, Y, and Z. I'm like, no, I just, I just want to lay in the bed and, you know, do whatever. So I had a couple of like breakdown crying moments <clears throat> because, you know, honestly, I just felt underwater. I did. I mean, it's a, it's a real feeling. Um, but I knew though that, I had to, I had to stay communicating with him as to what, what it was that I needed or what I did not need um, because sometimes it can just be, just be too much. And I just say, hey, I just need a moment to myself. Um, it was one time I was going out to just have dinner by myself. I didn't want to talk. I'm like, I don't even have the energy to, to carry a conversation, but I just need this moment to replenish myself. That way, you know, I can pour into the rest of my family because I was pouring from an empty cup. That's that's really what it is. And I think to just the changes of my body, my body hurt so bad this time around, though, after I had Jolie, um, I dealt with the preeclampsia and things like that. My blood pressure was just all over the place. Um, Thanks. Yeah, passing out and everything. So just the chemical imbalance just all over it was just it was kind of it was kind of rough with her um I'm feeling better now um but again it's I think this time around I was kind of able to communicate a little bit better because I've been in this place before I could recognize it better that way I'll know you know okay it's time for a self-care day or really just being proactive and having those self-care days already scheduled so that you know, I can just stay on top of what it is that I need during this time. Yeah. Postpartum is forever. So it's um, forever. <laughs> it's forever. <laughs> it is. It's forever. Like no one really talks about, I just saw a post on Facebook. They were talking about, you know, no one talks about the um, lack of sex drive or the postpartum shedding and, you know, all of that that comes with it. When my edges start coming out. <laughs> Let me tell you who, what, nobody told me about that now. <laughs> I'm just getting these babies back. Yeah, so it's it's a lot, um, you know, that we go through during the postpartum stage that 
I wasn't prepared for it the first time around. Um, but the second time around, I was in a sense, but then again, it was something new because our family dynamics were different this time around having more kids. So it was something else. Um, so it's just, it's a learning curve. Um, I just look at it as, you know, again, you just communicate with your support circle um, and just, you know, have that discernment of what it is that you do need and don't need. I think it was one of our most recent guests who described it as like an ever, an ever evolving um, journey. Cause there's yeah. always, there's always things shifting both yeah. like as parents, our children are shifting. The yeah. world is shifting. I mean, you know, yeah. birthing in a pandemic, raising yeah. children during a pandemic yeah. but that adds to all of it, that it is, it's just ever evolving. And we're just constantly trying to find our rhythm, but I love how you said, mm-hmm. just making sure that you're constantly communicating with each yeah. other, if you have a partner and then also tapping into your support systems. Yeah. Um, are really, really important. Is there anything else that you'd want to share with our listeners, whether it's resources, advice, anything else from your births? Anything you want to share? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, for men, more so understanding uh, postpartum research is uh, one of my best things to really do, especially in my long time. Is I'm all, a lot of times you find yourself on Facebook and a lot of social media sites versus actually looking at actual real, real information. And, and not, not Facebook or anything, because it just feels like sometimes when you're thinking something, something just pops up on your Facebook mm-hmm. and it just kind of relates to whatever you're going through. And it may be just that one article to dive in and read. And like I said, for my first child, I didn't understand what postpartum was. I didn't know what pregnancy was. I just knew that my daughter's mother was pregnant. She would be going through these changes. Nine months later, a baby comes out. Hey, we're happy. Let's celebrate. And just communicate with her gave me more tools for our next two children because the family dynamic with her is more so after we split up, we were more so friends. So we still have that dialogue to really have communication. And she knows my wife. They met maybe when my daughter was two years old. So she they, they've been a part of each other's lives. But just having that communication with her really helped me because a lot of things she was going through, we didn't understand. We were young. I think we was nine, I think about 21 years old. And this is like the first real, real life event that happened to both of us. And in that moment, it was I had just lost my mother. So all my energy was more so pouring into my child. So just going through the motions to understand that whatever you go through is really paving the way for somebody else. This experience is like to have that dialogue with her. I was willing to look up postpartum to understand what it was to be willing to communicate and be willing to take those vulnerable blows because a lot of times when those conversations are had, it's more so hard conversations, being able to have those hard conversations where whether it's irritation or whether you feel like you're not being supported in some area or some aspect in your life. As far as men, we can't take that one thing you say, you say something out the way, it's automatic a reverse to either try to be, like I said, what would you say? 
try to throw a jab back. So it's kind of being mature to understand that, hey, whatever she needs to get out at that moment, let her get that out. Don't take it personal because in that moment, it may not have nothing to do with you. And in that moment, it may become personal because that's her outlet because mm-hmm. that's given her the outlet to unleash whatever she's had bottled up. So being willing to accept that, being willing to be vulnerable and be willing to have those hard conversations really ultimately helps. And your support system, the doulas, I appreciate every one of you because <laughs> you helped me out a lot. Thank you. <laughs> um, I think my final piece would probably be um, as somebody who has gone through um, pregnancy loss and problems con- with conceiving, uh, keep trying. Your time is coming. Um, it was many times that, you know, being young, I'm still I'm still young, but being a younger woman, um, I had to look at things happen for a reason. Um, where I was in my life, in hindsight now, I don't know where I would be if I would have had those children then. Um, so now that I am with my husband and I have a good support circle, I'm blessed, you know, to have the children that I have now, but it won't last forever. And what's yours is already yours. So claim the victory. Um, and you just, you keep you keep on at the good fight. Um, it'll get tiring sometime. You may have to do things that you don't want to do, but it's what's yours is already yours. Yeah, even if it, you feel like it ain't something for you or it ain't yours, if it's happening, it's yours. It's already written. Yeah. So you need to understand that and really go through it. Yeah. Whether it's good or bad, because ultimately it's, it's information and knowledge that you attain from it. Whether, like I said, you a lot of times we don't learn from our mistakes and really being able to learn from that, like I said, whether good or bad, it may help you down the road for somebody else. And what's been placed on you is ultimately giving room to help somebody else. Um. Just thing you were saying, like being willing to learn about postpartum and really look at what that's like for each person, right? And that yeah, this idea that. that postpartum is just depression, like people just think that that's it. Like so, even when you just say postpartum, they say, "Oh, I'm not depressed," and it's like, "Oh, but you're going through some." You are. <laughs> <laughs> you are. <laughs> sure. yeah. yeah, we are so grateful. I know I'm like, a, I'm like giddy over here. It's always wonderful to see families you work with, like just watching them be great in your mind. They're always great, but like really just seeing mm-hmm. y'all as, you know, supporting you through your birth and then just watching y'all expand. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. Um, so we'll be over yes. here crying. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it really it really really is um and then just you know all the things that you've taken from it and just hearing the joy um Mm -hmm. as you are evolving through your journey is just beautiful so thank y'all thank you (laughs) of course for listening to birth stories in color to hear this show and other episodes head to birthstoriesincolor.com today's episode is sponsored by root Restoring our own through transformation. ROOT is a collective of concerned Black families, community members, advocates, and interdisciplinary professionals dedicated to decreasing Black maternal and infant mortality in Ohio. ROOT's mission is to comprehensively restore our collective well-being through collaboration, 
resource allocation, research, and re-empowerment in order to meet the needs of Black parents and families. If you and your family are planning, pregnant, or in your postpartum period, please reach out to Root at www.rootrj.org. Financial assistance is available. You can also connect with Root at 614-398-1766 or email them at general-info at rootrj.org.